Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Melissa, and I am Duncan. <laughs> Duncan. We got a robot Duncan this week. This is yes. Fear the Walking Dead cast episode two twenty one. Hello, Yay. people. Welcome back, Melissa. Thank you. Oh, I know. Back. Thanks. Sorry, you. everybody. It was that a good episode. So absent. It. Yeah, well, I'm, I know I feel like now I feel extra behind because I'm like, last week was good, this week was good, and as I was just telling you and saving it for the podcast, I think the season and all, just like, I don't know, man, it's been good. Yeah, I it's agree. It's so much better I'm than stoked. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we heard I, they were going to be on a boat, you know, I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. I was like, yeah, this can't With no possibly... zombies. <laughs> yeah, with <Right>. no zombies. <laughs> Uh, well, oh before we get into this week's episode, I just want to mention that I am really proud that our podcast just got nominated in the TV and film category for the 2016 Academy of Podcasters Awards. <laughs> Huzzah! Which is awesome because That's so crazy. I'd already there's this uh, <laughs> podcasting conference. This is only its third year. It's called Podcast Movement. They started it and it just took off. And it, last year they had Mark Marin and Sarah Koenig from Serial. Serial. They're mm, just getting all this year. It's Kevin Smith and uh, the what? guy, the guy from um, Startup. I forgot his name already. But uh, what is it? it? Alex Bloomberg. So it's it's huge, and they're doing an award show and. They somehow just nominate. They have like a panel, or it's kind of like the Oscars, I guess. They, it's kind of mysterious, but it's internal. I didn't even know we were in the running, and all of a sudden, I get an email <laughs> that says we're nominated for it. That's super rad. Yeah, and then I super look rad. to see who uh, else, and it's uh, a cast of Kings, which is one of the top Game of Thrones podcasts with Joanna Robinson from Variety and David Chen. Is she Variety or Vanity Fair? Oh, you might be right. I think it's Vanity Fair. I'm, yeah, I think it's Vanity Fair. Or maybe Fair. she writes for both. I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, there's the She's Better the Call Saul Insider podcast, which has all the actors from that show and the showrunner, Vince Gilligan. Uh, they, wow. If they don't beat us, I'm going to be highly disappointed in this competition. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, what? I've already got yeah, my speech planned. I got to go up <laughs> there and go, are you fucking kidding? Come yeah. on, you guys. <laughs> I, 
I refuse to accept this <laughs> yeah, award. This is a joke, right? This is. Uh, <laughs> oh come on, we're so cool though. We're like we're the independent podcast. Yeah, you know, scrappy unaffiliated. Upstarts. There's. Uh, right. I'll just rattle through these blacklist table reads from Wolf Pop Channel Thirty Three. How did this get made? Of Earwolf. Um, I was there too. Of Wolf Pop, the Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Uh, that's like one of the most popular podcasts out there. There's Rob has a podcast done by my friend Rob Sesternino, who's great. And then he does the. Um, you must remember this. Um, what are those? Uh, after show, I can't remember what his. Um, he does he all those uh, after shows. Post show recaps. Yeah. There but you go. Post show recaps. His claim to fame is he was a contestant Survivor? on Survivor, and oh. uh, he was he he uh, he and I ended up on a panel a few years ago at one of these conferences. So I got to know him a little bit. He's really cool. We've been on each other's shows and we've competed against each other as we are now. <laughs> but uh, nice. he's, he's great. Anyways. Yeah, post show recaps is fun. Yeah. I was on there one time. It was really fun. The the nice. best part about this for you guys, listeners, is it's not like the other People's Choice Podcasters Award that we won a couple of years ago where you have to vote every day for two right. weeks. You don't have to vote at all on this. You don't have to do right. anything. <laughs> Yeah, to do yeah, just, shit. Yeah, just Sit send threats pretty. to the people who are yeah. voting. Bribe the judges. Right. They don't. They didn't <laughs> release the names of any of the judges. I think because they don't want to induce bribing or something. Fear the Walking Dead cast does not condone any acts of bribing or violence. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Um, <laughs> they do want us to submit a five-minute clip for any episode that came out in the last twelve months. Um, I don't know if they're just going to judge us on that or what, but. They oh. want to, so I'm trying to think what to send. So, if listeners, if you guys have any ideas, or Duncan or Melissa, you do, let me know because <laughs> I have okay. no clue. Maybe we should create one right now. Yeah. We'll just go like, blah, 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 yeah, for five minutes, <laughs> 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 making fart sounds. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah there you go. <laughs> fart slash zombie sounds, <laughs> and then right at the end. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2, I would totally vote for that. I love that so much. I could listen to like two hours of that podcast. <laughs> Just play that over and over. All right. Well, since we played the intro, let's get since into it. There. It's our top three highlights of season two, episode seven. I think it's pronounced Shiva because Shiva is a Hindu god. Yes. But Shiva is like a Jewish uh, uh, seven-day mourning. Yeah, after right after someone dies. Mm. So would you you guys liked it? Huh? I heard you say you did, Melissa. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I yeah I definitely liked it. I it's thought trippy, it was man. it all. From beginning to end, I think it started in a great way and it ended in a way that made me very much so looking forward to uh, the next, the you know, the next however many episodes that come out. When is that airing? How long do we have to wait now? They announced it today. August 21st. Yeah. Oh, crikey. All right. So, well, a little while. Got some time. Yeah, we'll have a little break. I know. I mean, it, the way it ended was so fractured or frac like everybody broken apart. It was a bold move i thought so it was like whoa that's crazy yeah very yeah. unusual right mm -hmm. I, i'm happy when they even though if you like the characters which i i really do now i'm starting to feel attached to these characters like 
you want to with a good TV show, then you're like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want them to suffer like this. But uh, but on I the know. other hand, it's like, ah, oh, good TV. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of that in this episode. I mean, that's I kind of want. Well, I, you know, that might be one of my points. OK, yeah, actually. Yeah. So, so Duncan, what a general. I thought it was good. It was very, uh, very trippy. I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. That um, I don't know the crib, that, that hacienda or whatever you'd call it that they're hanging out at. It made a <laughs> made a cool uh, location. Just interesting visuals all around, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just 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 the fun. vibe. Yeah, of the, it, huh? the whole vibe yeah. of it was cool. It, yeah, the episodes are. You're right. They're kind of trippy lately, which yeah, I, I love. It, it's so different from Walking Dead. People seeing right. ghosts and just uh-huh. oh man, and just kind of staring off into space <laughs> in the night. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that and it's interesting because that hacienda, as you said, it felt so safe. It was like what a super safe place, even though there's like basically a wine cellar full of walkers. Mm-hmm. It still felt like this totally like safe zone, yet not because there was so much conflict going on within. Mm-hmm. But the setting was really, it was really effective in that. Sometimes when they set camp somewhere, you're like, I don't know, this just doesn't seem yeah. very yeah, just- uh, safe. Or it's going to take a lot of work to, and at this place, it was just like, you know. Kick back, kind of. It was of. a good location. Yeah. This yeah. must be just like living in paradise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not yes. anymore, though. Yeah. All uh-huh, up in flames. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Crap. All right, let's get into our points. Melissa, what, you go first. Um, well, I guess this is a little bit of um, me bringing it since I wasn't here last week. And they started the episode off with this strand shooting his uh, Michael, right? Michael? Thomas. Thomas. Thomas Abigail. Abigail. Thomas. <laughs> As everybody knows, I'm really good with names. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't learned that by now. Uh, so he, you know, he had told him he was going to eat the poison with them and then and it seemed like uh you know they were both good with this and i was curious now seeing this episode did thomas did he want to become one of the walkers that lives in the wine cellar was that like was he cool with that was he like yeah this is what we need to do well then then we'll still be together mm-hmm. um i i wasn't clear on that so much I mean, I totally get why Strand shot him because that's, you know, the best thing to do. Celia seemed to think that's what he wanted. But then he kind of made it when he was dying. And I know that was last week's episode. So no, it's sorry, okay. But I'm just... Yeah, when um, yeah, Strand was like, well, we, we we can do this and then we will be together, you know, and he was kind of like agreed yeah. with it. Was that just, was that death or was that being together as in we'll go roam about and my mom will feed us <laughs> the local animals? I had first interpreted it as just death but then thinking okay. about um how the poison had you know killed the uh, the church group and they'd all been resurrected after the fact then it i sort of thought mm-hmm. in in the context of the way that celia was talking about the family you know being in the in the the wine cellar and everything i think he was talking about uh, the resurrection yeah it's okay. it's not clear to me i'd have to go back and watch again but whether because uh stram was telling celia okay we're gonna take these poison wafers and then we're gonna go in your basement basically but i don't know if strand was explicitly saying that to thomas if that was what thomas understood the plan to be i just remember strand saying i'll kill myself too and thomas saying that'll be so shakespearean yeah so it was more vague with thomas yeah but uh 
I think it could be either way because Thomas was sort of like a surrogate son to Celia and maybe he did believe everything that she did. But one thing that Strand said this episode, Daniel said, don't you believe? And he said, if I did, I would be with Thomas, which meant, which I Mm -hmm. thought meant I would have killed myself and we could be together in the afterlife. But since he doesn't believe in that, he, I, I, I think Thomas does have some sort of religious belief. And so Strand was sort of, painting this fairy tale picture for him to help him be comfortable at the end saying, okay, we'll be together when the whole time the plan was just to kill him and stay alive himself. But I just, what part I don't know is whether he, whether Thomas thought that would be the way Celia thinks of it, or if it was okay for Thomas that strand shot him in the head, you know, I don't know if he would have considered that a betrayal or not. Huh. Okay. Well, that's just that. If anything, that wasn't more of a point for me. I just feel like I needed. I needed some sure, clarification. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Based so on Celia's yeah. um, dialogue or her her lines this episode, I felt like she thought that Thomas would have wanted to uh, to die and come back. But she's nuts. Yeah. But she's nuts. She's also, yeah. And I, yeah. And I was <laughs> getting the opposite vibe from Strand. He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me, woman?" Like. Yeah. No, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Your hocus pocus bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I guess I just didn't focus on this either, but I didn't realize that she wasn't actually his mom. This is a good thing about wa- watching these again mm-hmm. is you pick up on things that you, you know. So I've, I've only seen this episode once, but I don't even remember at what point we found out that uh, Celia wasn't Thomas's mom. Back when they were first describing her strand or Thomas or somebody told the story of how she was Lewis's mom and she worked for Thomas's mother, but she kind of raised Thomas. And then this episode, when she was saying his eulogy, she said, we've worked for the Abigails for 30 years. And he, you know, Thomas. That's where I was like, oh, "Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I thought that was his mom. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, when... um, Strand said, he's not your son. And then Nick's like, oh, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. But it's interesting because there's a lot of stuff here in this episode and in the series so far about the importance of family and the importance even of blood relation. Like how it's more, I think, the blood relationship between Chris and Travis is important enough for him to forego everyone else to try and make sure that that Chris is okay, you know, same thing with maybe you could say that because uh, Thomas is not blood related to Celia, that might have had an impact on things. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Okay. Duncan, what's Mm. your number three? Mm. My number three was Celia and just like her madness. And um, I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's, I don't know. I just find the whole thing so irrational of considering these, uh, these, infected monsters zombies jerks to be anything less than subhuman at this point i know yeah. because they're growling at you and yeah. trying to eat you and, <laughs> and there's no positive energy coming off of them whatsoever <laughs> <Just> mad negative <laughs> vibes dude <laughs> seriously it's not like you look brah. at them and you're like oh i can still see the light and you know what i mean i right. can you know like, those no. are dead eyes looking back at you yeah. <laughs> like, i mean there's some people i know who are not too far from that normally, but <laughs> most well, people. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I won't. Name I any definitely names. encounter. <laughs> I definitely encounter people like that. 
Uh, you're right. That's true. <laughs> but then I would never. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is a weird in this whole community at this point how there's this weird. Uh, I don't know to to love the walker or not love the walker for what mm. they are. It just seems personally obvious. To yeah, me for sure. And even Nick, he's saying they're not dead. Yeah. They're not infected. Well, like, what should we call on, them? Dude. We'll call them by their names. Well, what if a guy is walking along or he's got his guts hanging out and like no eyeball. And at that point, <laughs> you kind of think maybe he's not just a person who's who's had a bad day or whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> just Fred, man. It's right. Just Fred. Well, no well, that's life eternal. It's the new life eternal. I'm just like, if that's eternal life, oh crap! You know, yeah. I don't think that's what Doesn't... anybody was. Uh, I think I'll take uh, just, you know, having shutting off mm-hmm. and yeah. floating into the abyss if that's the case. So it was the exact yeah. same thing with Lizzie, too. Like, how can you think that this is okay? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's. I think that's the biggest sort of suspension of disbelief that you need to have in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> that they right. would think of that any, as anything else than it, eternal life of indignity. <laughs> right? Yay! I'll take that. <laughs> um, That's called being human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so at the oh. end, sort of, um, Celia leads Madison down there to try to work her voodoo hocus pocus bullshit head trip games on her. Do you really think that she's that stupid to walk into the wine cellar? with the, the the door at her back and Madison at her back without a backup exit plan or something. I felt like that was more of a test. Notice at the end when Daniel went in there, she was nowhere to be seen. Was that a different room? Yeah, I know. I didn't see her. I was wondering about that myself. If they have more than yeah. one big-ass wine cellar with raw iron gates. I I think it was the same... I think it was the same room mm. that, that Daniel went into to... And is he alive? What are we to? We don't His know. leg looked like he was on know. fire. Yeah, kind of. And that's another. I'm um, so that's. It's interesting because like it's so good. The show is so good, but there's also these weird kind of like loose ends that are like, well, wait a minute. I mean, how did he? Why did he just go from being pretty normal? I mean, obviously he has a crazy background, <laughs> but then he just completely lost pretty his normal. Shit. <laughs> pretty normal beyond the you know genocide he created. But I mean, it, uh, otherwise it just seems like he just went he just went cuckoo bananas well, pretty quickly. Yeah, we know Real that fast. he in the El Salvador civil war he had he killed a lot of people, and right. so he has that weighing on him, and he's a serious and violent person we've seen in the show, <laughs> and. But what what we've seen from the show and also has kind of been backed up by interviews with the showrunner Dave Erickson is that his wife helped him uh, calm his nerves about all of that. She like Mm. in this, it said she gave him absolution in dreams. She forgave him kind of. And so when she died, that was that that was gone, not to mention the pressure and stress of the zombie apocalypse. So that's why he's starting to flip out about all that. Now all the ghosts are coming back to haunt him because his wife is not there to keep him at bay. That's the idea that, that they're trying to have about it. Right. Okay. We've seen little signs of it all season. So that's pretty cool that it didn't just happen in one episode. It happened in six episodes, but we also knew that he'd been through a hell of a lot before that. And so I, I, you know, there's people online saying that, there's people in the show acting out of character and I don't think so. I think we're seeing how these people act under the stress of the zombie apocalypse. 
Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's that's mm-hmm. kind of one of my points. I'll touch okay. on later. Actually, well, let me do my number three. Do are yours. you are you uh, done, Duncan? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So mine is about death, and it it's interesting that there's so much death in The Walking Dead, but already this show feels more like exploring death from different perspectives. It's like a grim rumination on death. And I think that's awesome, even though it's not very cheerful. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, different perspectives. And, and, And I think going to Mexico was a cool idea because... Mexico from what I little I know there's the whole day of the dead thing I just feel like death is a little bit more present in Mexican culture like in US culture it's more you don't want to look at it talk about it or think about it yeah definitely mm-hmm. you know and there's more of a ceremony around it and yeah it's more feared in in the US it's more embraced <laughs> yeah in, embraced in and respected right. so uh, different aspects of death so the title Shiva that's a uh, period of seven days form a mourning from the dead beginning after the funeral there was lots of mourning in this episode for thomas and also i think for daniel's victims i would say i guess yeah definitely and so all of his ghosts are coming back one thing i didn't understand is why was he so against strand burying thomas and kept saying thomas is going to come back but then his ex-wife was ghost ex-wife was criticizing him for not having buried her and that was like a symbol that he needed to get closure with her so why wouldn't he think that strand should also get closure with thomas i think he said that um that particular area was like like non-sacred ground type thing like it was tainted a tainted place oh yeah that's right he was saying it was evil yeah the evil grounds everything was evil yeah, the crazy witch lady with the owls is, you know, resurrecting <laughs> motherfuckers are all around here. It's not cool, dude. Right. <laughs> it's right. not cool. <laughs> I know. I thought he was going to try to make a pilgrimage back to where her body is. Yeah. Lost yeah. I was like, oh, God, they're going to go back to L.A.? Because <laughs> does it really count if he just burned up a, a hallucination? Uh, right, <laughs> right, right. But, uh... It was interesting to me that it was so important to he felt so guilty for not burying her because I looked it up and it, and during the El Salvadorian Civil War, there were thousands of people killed and disappeared, disappeared or buried in mass graves. So it, there was a common thing of people not being able to have closure with their relatives, you know, and it was like a sore spot. Yeah, that was sort of reflected in this episode a couple more. So also with death, we have Celia's beliefs that we've talked about a lot about what the zombies mean. Mm -hmm. And now Nick seems to believe that and then adopting that. Yeah. yeah. And then Celia in this episode also talked about the whole apocalypse like it's sort of a death and rebirth for everyone. She said we are new again. Whatever sins we committed, whatever lies we told today, they are forgotten. The world is reborn. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Like first, didn't she say this is not apocalypse also? Oh, didn't she? Yeah, she. She was like, "This is not the apocalypse. It's all this fine. is a new beginning." You know, <laughs> like it's, yeah. oh, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, so twisted to yeah. see like the the beauty of life and and consciousness and you know decision making and rationality mm-hmm. and morality all disappear and to to have just these brutal monsters and to consider that the next evolution of humanity is just such a twisted perspective on that situation that. I just can't get behind it, you know. Can't get behind it. <laughs> can't get on board I can't with that. either. Nope. 
I can't either. But what I love, and I said this last week, is the actress plays it as a person who is good and and pretty much kind and and just believes what she she's not trying to play it like nefarious or crazy at all yeah she's very you know? convincing too yeah great actress like i want to i, I almost yeah. feel attracted to her like not, not sexually sexually attracted but like <laughs> i want to hang out with her she's and odd. get some of that soup that she makes right the pozole <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah totally <laughs> i've never heard it called soup before but yeah neat euphemism i didn't even like think about her as an actress until now i just like She's, I don't know, I was convinced by her performances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does Do you think that pozole that she gave Daniel was poisoned? I know, I wonder. And the, and the guard guy that he, you know, slashed his face was so nice about, like, trying to help him to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I don't um, know. I feel like, like she said, you don't poison a good pozole, you know? Like, you just don't do that. There's no way it was poisoned. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. could argue like I, I wouldn't I read stake my life on it. Someone was saying, look at everywhere they go, they're like killing everybody, you know. She Madison killed Celia and they burned up this place. Maybe they're the bad people. Yeah. Them and Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um Melissa, number two. Well, since we're on the subject in general it's interesting to see my point is whatever emotional state you are in in a normal day-to-day life like we exist in right now will really transform (laughs) once the shit hits the fan so it's interesting to see people who probably could get by in regular life without coming across as crazy but like when this kind of stress comes into play uh, you know the switch is flipped and we're seeing that in a lot of the characters that initially, in the beginning, I wouldn't have pictured this. Chris, Chris uh, Daniel, yeah. even uh, Strand, not Strand, Thomas's mom, although we didn't know her from the beginning. But still, it's just like a survival of the fittest, I guess. But even even if you have the slightest weakness, because I, I have anxiety, I get anxiety. I, I've had panic attacks, I've done the whole thing. It's It's stupid, and it's like... Why does this happen? But you wonder, like, in that situation, like, any kind of weakness, mental weakness could really, really fuck you up. Oh, hell yeah. I've had (laughs) uh, panic attacks, too. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. And I can't, Uh, yeah, you would just be fucked. Yeah, or you would be a strong enough person, too. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is I think some people can really just, you know, get it together uh, and overcome and and, and deal and handle. But it's just, uh, you know... Someone who's just a little bit over the edge is mm. gonna probably maybe they'll survive, but they they're gonna be the ones that are you know tumbling off the, the deep dark end. side. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And you, um, yeah, you you might think you know people, but like the people you work with, who you're around every day for a lot, and and you even mm-hmm. maybe go out to lunch with and stuff. But you don't really know how they are in a situation like this. That could be oh a totally God. different person. Disaster. You could want <laughs> yeah, to, like, you might have to end up, like, killing them at yeah. one point. Or, like, <laughs> just if you're listening to this at work right now, look around. Isn't that what yeah. the Joker Who do said? You think like, you would have to kill. <laughs> Is it These that nice woman right people, over there? You know, they will eat each other alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. it's true. It's, it's, it's it, there are there's going to be some people that you can go all the way to the end with and there's going to be people that you're going to have to either ditch or you know god worse comes to worse like find a way to uh cease their existence which is just uh i don't know it's <laughs> that's kind of fun to think about yeah oh, that's really evil <laughs> 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 who would i have to 
Uh, of the three of us, which yeah. one was? <laughs> oh, God. I know, after I just admitted that, well, I have anxiety and panic attacks. Uh, <laughs> You're like a... You guys can trust me. Scratcher off the list. Yeah, Duncan, right? Actually, John Duncan, I totally do trust you. I, I, I totally do. That's good. I'm, I, I I'm, I'm really trustworthy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We're good because we're all so, you know... We've we've done so much extensive watching and research on this subject that you know, I would think we'd all have a pretty good handle on it. I'm trying to think if can. I've if I've ever been in a really, like, just panicked life or death situation. Um, when I was a kid, I was in some, but I, I don't know if you can extrapolate from that. I can't really think of anything recently, and you know, since I've been an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I, to get an idea because hmm. even you don't might not know how you would behave, you know, right? How you would change. For me, it's just that that time that guy broke into my apartment. Yeah, in, you were Boston, fucking awesome. And, oh, that's right. That's a crazy story. <laughs> I played a lot of Splinter Cell. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Fisher. I really think video games are. Are, are helpful in certain situations like driving if you've got those reflexes oh, yeah. down they can totally help you get out of an accident if you can drift in a video game like you can drift in real life because <laughs> yeah. video games are so realistic now yeah like but the driving or even just being able to just swerve out of somebody's way really quickly you know yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, if you start sliding, mm-hmm. you'll you'll your video game instincts will kick in, and you'll turn into the slide, you know, as opposed to like turning the other direction and sure. furthering the spin. You know what I mean? Right. Or so I guess if you uh, ever find yourself shooting a lot of Martians, you could probably do pretty good at that too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, video games are great. They're good for training. They're good for stress relief. You know, that's an outlet for you know people who may otherwise be violent in, in real life have an outlet that way where they can you know get get all that out of their system and then they can be normal. Mm-hmm. I you know some people think that video games cause violence. I think it's sort of the opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I. I hope you think that, Melissa, because you're in one. I know, <laughs> I know, in so many. Oh my god, I think they're horrible. Still not bitten. Yeah. <laughs> There's the downfall of our society. As long as I'm getting paid. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no. I, I mean, especially modern games with you know how much emotion and, and depth that's getting put into the storylines. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I love them. I love them. Yeah. All right, where are we here? I think I just I did my number three. I think or my number two. I did okay. I did my number two. <laughs> okay, your turn, Duncan. Do something. your number two. Duncan, your turn. <laughs> my number two. My number two was D- uh, Daniel. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just nominated Daniel. for awards. <laughs> yeah, every uh, my all my numbers this week are just people and different aspects of their personalities and what's going on with them. Daniel's just, I don't know, it's really interesting. He started getting, you know, slipping off the deep end a week or two ago, and he started hearing voices. Like, the first thing from this episode was, take the gun, Daniel. Mm -hmm. When it started off with the flashback of when he was murdering his first victim, Um, aside from himself, who Griselda said is is his first victim. That take the gun, we heard that a couple weeks ago, just pop into one of in his hearing out of nowhere, and we were all like, oh, what the hell was that? Um, you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. On the boat yeah. with uh, Reed. Yeah, yeah that it, was our first, like, oh, what? What's Ooh. going on here? <laughs> he's, he's freaking out. Auditory hallucinations. Well, one thing that um, I read Dave Erickson say that we probably didn't notice but was a first indication was 
the second episode of the season where they went to that family's house and at the end the the zombie mom was coming out on the dock and the brother had to shoot her remember that Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The uh, the family where she turned on the light. Yeah. Right. And, and Daniel, when the son was going to have to shoot the mother, Daniel turned away and couldn't watch it. Apparently, mm. which was sort of a sign that it reminded him too Ooh. much of when he was a kid and had to PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> that may have triggered his. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Might his, have been a trigger. Yeah. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> um, so go on. Yeah. I don't. I just was, you know, fascinated by his hallucinations and all the voices he was hearing. And at the end, I was just trying to figure out what was going on with him. Like, he's smiling, listening to Griselda and not even paying attention to Celia, who's talking to him really there. And and, uh, he seemed to light himself on fire at the end. Yeah, right, I guess. Yeah. I have something about that in the news that gives a clue as to oh. whether he's alive or not, but I don't want to say it right now. Okay. <laughs> but I think right. we don't know. What do you guys okay. think though? I guess you saw. can't say Jason, but what do you think, Melly? If did he if he's on fire? Yeah, did he live? Is he or dead? If he's, li- he... li- if, if he's livid. Is he livid? <laughs> yes, he's mildly livid. Um uh, I mean I kind of feel like if I were to go on like, oh, it's a television show, they'll probably keep him alive. Yeah, good point. Good kind point. <laughs> but I, exactly. But that's not the fun answer. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he should be dead. I feel like his he's kind of so far. I don't know, though. But then there was that moment where he had that, you know, nightmare with Ophelia. And yeah, she that seemed, was crazy. Still seemed very aware and protective of her existence. So. Yeah, so why would he just end his so he couldn't protect right. her anymore? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically not giving you a solid answer to well, that question. <laughs> I he, he put he had a stream of gas that went over to the zombies, but I thought it just went in between his legs, didn't it? It yeah, seems he was like he had to catch on fire. I thought no, no. I thought I saw his leg like flaming at the end, but I may yeah. have been I may be, be wrong about that entirely. Right. That was interesting also when he walked into the to the wine cellar and he sees all the zombies and it cuts back to his face and then it cuts back to the zombies and they're like a little bit they're... less zombified than mm-hmm. they had been in the previous shot. Oh, that was amazing. I've never seen anything like that people. before. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, started like... like fully visually hallucinating at that point. Do you and... think those were his victims or yeah. do you think he was... Okay. Right. I do. Although we, we should go back and look because if they were all Mexican, then the likelihood is that they weren't. So you're, you're <laughs> Although they could have been El Salvadorians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, hey, man, uh, my guy is Salvadoran. I'm not making any racial jokes right now, but all those it, it would be difficult to be like, are you Mexican or are you Salvadoran? <laughs> I mean, there are, there are differences. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm getting, not being racist again. Right award now. winning. <laughs> no, those are yeah. Yeah, those are both award nominated rather Latin <laughs> countries. Uh, similar, similar, um, you know, makeup of gen- genetics for those two. I think places, we just lost so. the award. <laughs> no, I think we lost <laughs> the award. Let's send with the that fart five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, y- y- so you mentioned him flashing back to give him the gun or take the gun, Daniel, and then we find out later that's the what first was going on. Yeah. First thing he, time he ever had to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And how and, young was he, man? He's had to have been like eight, seven. Yeah. Ugh. And uh, young. his wife, his ghost ex-wife said, 
you were the first victim was you. So that was sort of his initial scarring that set him down that path. Yeah, it's really sad. And you know what? I didn't think of it before, but it's a parallel with Chris. How he's had to go through some stuff right now and it's messing with his mind and yeah, he's turning, you know. Mm-hmm. Chris, man, what the hell yeah. is going on with Chris? I know. Well, who's who's number he's is that? He's no good. I think that we probably no all have. We know he's bad. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. no good. <laughs> There's no question, right? I we, guess so. I don't know. Maybe I'm still like naive and I'm hanging on to something. Maybe maybe he's just going having a moment. Do you think do you think that's it? Do you think he's just well, not going to ever recover? That's it. No, I'm not saying that, but last week we were questioning whether let like say for example when he let the zombies continue to attack Madison was he just frozen with fear or was that a deliberate act and now given all the aggression that we've seen that he threatened this little boy that he tried to knife his dad Mm -hmm. I think it was a deliberate act I think it was less of a deliberate act Mm -hmm. at the moment but since everybody you know put him in that place and is is is, they're talking about him like he's bad and they're looking at him like he's bad he's like you know what fuck it I'm gonna be bad yeah I'm gonna be bad like Tyrion I don't think that was the moment (laughs) nah I don't agree because before that he killed Reed and he lied about it. So yeah, true. he's, he's been doing shit for a while now and you know, I'm not saying he should be condemned and killed. He hasn't actually killed anybody except for Reed who kind of deserved it. But mm-hmm. he, he, you know, I think what was he doing in Madison and Alicia's room with a knife? Yeah, yeah that was I know he, he was going to kill him. Yeah, but then, but then when they woke up, he was like, "No, no, 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 no!" Or wasn't he kind of like, "I'm just," yeah, I mean, but I can't imagine he was just going in there to like, "I just really wanted this knife." <laughs> I've had my eye on this particular. It was like knife. he walked in, tried to get her attention, then saw the knife, was distracted and like mesmerized almost, and went over to mm-hmm. it. And we were talking about that last week. Like we, none of us knew what his motivation was or what he was doing right. when he picked right. up the knife. Well, everyone, you know, people are uh, writing on Facebook. You guys are crazy. He's obviously a psycho. And after this episode. (laughs) Well, we are crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think the idea is that he's having some violent tendencies. Yeah. Isn't that a, no, that's suicidal tendencies. Never mind. Wait a minute. That's a really good band. (laughs) All I wanted Uh, was Pepsi. She wouldn't give it to me. And so there's right. there's a, oh another parallel here with Celia talking about, you know, to Maddie, you know, if your child couldn't speak, would you speak for him? If you're just basically saying if just because they're zombies, does that mean you're going to give up on him? Right. Yeah, that's huh? kind of what mm-hmm. she's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's a parallel with Travis and Chris. You yeah. Know? Good he, call. Yeah. The, like they're uh, what's the name Nick is saying they think the zombies are monsters and then later Chris calls himself a monster so I think there's a parallel there like when do you give up on your child and, and how long do you sit, stay stand up for them and then Madison sort of gave up on, uh, Nick. on Nick at the end there like yeah. she didn't jump off the truck to try to get him. I know. I she should have been like, "You get your fucking ass yeah, in this I'd truck, like, Mister." Like five minutes five before, minutes she was like, "I would do anything for my kids. I'm gonna lock you in the <laughs> cellar, she, bitch." You know. And then she she's felt like, oh, like, "Fuck she it." She didn't have a choice. <laughs> well, I don't think she was like, "Fuck it." I think she was like, "Oh shit, he's not coming with me." But she just, yeah, it seemed like she should have tried harder or something. Yeah, yeah that was a little bit um, weird. Maybe it was one of those, like, if you love it, let it go type things where, like, he'll find his way. 
Well, and and you know her daughter was in the truck, and like we gotta go, mom, come on. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. you, you, that's what do you do? You take care of the one that's still innocent and like mm-hmm. you know needs on your, your help on, you know, on your side, mm-hmm. or do you right, like, jump right. off and try to you know take care of the mm-hmm. dude who's kind of crazy but can handle himself? Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I felt like they were like we we got to get out of here right now. We're all we're all gonna die. So yeah, he's obviously not coming. So mm-hmm. I guess we, we have, have to, to go. go. Yeah, yeah. But let's see. Yeah. So I think it's my turn, yep. right? Number two. So I've talked around this a little bit. It's just family bonds and how Travis is supporting Chris and leaving everybody else, which I thought was an amazing rift. I totally didn't see that coming where he would just be like, tell him you didn't find us. He just ended the relationship basically with everybody. It was really powerful. Um, but anyways, yeah, if he was a different intense. kind of guy, he could, this could be with Chris, like a look at the flowers kind of moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, I didn't find him. Yeah. <laughs> but he, there's a lot, there's a few differences. He's, he's actually Chris's father and Carol was not Lizzie's mom. True. But also Chris hasn't gone as far as, as Lizzie had. Yeah. I don't think it was a put him down yet. I don't think he's right. reached that. I think he thinks he can still work with him. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. And it was pretty clear that you wouldn't be working with Lizzie. I guess. I mean, Lou Temple would have words about oh, that. Oh, man. Remember that? It was, he yeah, was so mad. That everybody supported killing Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an intense moment when Lou, Lou came into our podcast. We did a live podcast that night and. He had uh, showed up midstream when we were watching the episode. Um, mm-hmm. Remember up in that up in the suite there, and he kind of had yeah. sat mm-hmm. back at the bar away from everybody and was sort of watching it. And after the episode was over and Lizzie got murdered by Carol, he was he, he was pissed because he had done. And this some is we're work talking about like Axel, the guy who played Axel, special in ed kids or something like that. Yeah, he yeah and, he somehow yeah. has uh, he just loves a kids you know? experience with yeah yeah kids with mental. I found the quote Celia was saying: If your child was hungry, would you not feed him? If your child couldn't speak, would you not speak for him? Even if your child could not love, would you not love him anyway? So those are the kind of questions that are applying to the zombies and maybe also to Chris. <laughs> I would say so. By that definition, zombies are pure psychopaths. Incapable of empathy, succumbing only are, to greed yeah. and lust, or not lust, <laughs> but you know, greed and hunger, bloodlust. Yeah, bloodlust. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> bloodlust. Imagine like lustful zombies. They're just like, eh, eh. oh god, <laughs> that's totally a spoof that's movie a, right there. Yeah, Instead of like zombies. wanting to eat, oh well, god, that's horrible. Never the mind. Fucking dead. <laughs> uh, we got the award back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, another family bond thing, Celia. You see Nick gravitating towards Celia. I can understand as that that would just be really hard as a mother. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you, taking my kid away from me, you know. And then she tried to just power her way back into his life by killing Celia. And that, as with most teenagers, I think if you use Bruce, brute force, you're only going to incite rebellion. Oh, yeah. Big time. And that's what happened. And then at the end, all these family lines, well, some broke apart, some didn't. Chris 
and Travis are together. Daniel is burning Zeds in the basement. We don't know if he's still alive. <laughs> we have Madison Strand, Alicia, and Ophelia in the truck. Now, I thought it was really interesting that Strand kind of vulnerably asked Madison if he wanted to come, basically leave everybody and go on the boat with him. It shows they're developing a friendship. Ooh. He's like, I think I'm feeling kind of bi right now. It might be. <laughs> I was getting that vibe. I don't know. But it, it was at least an overture of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's funny, too. After he was like, oh, you know, like we were both, you know, means to an end. You know, I wouldn't go using vague That's because he just like got friends. rejected. Hey, you want to go on a boat ride, babe? <laughs> yeah. he, he asked about the boat ride first, and then he said, we're not friends. Basically. Oh, that was after? Yeah, because I think he was feeling spurned yeah that makes but sense. but then later he drove away and then he, I, I guess he saw that the place was on fire so he came back and saved madison yeah he couldn't help his it. truck yeah which is cool yeah i know i know but it's just now it's just like god how are they gonna uh how are how they, they how are they gonna start this up again <laughs> it'll be like six months later they're all back together i know just no <laughs> backstory at all yeah maybe Maybe a couple are a little pissed off at each other. Right. There's someone's making out with someone else, you know. <laughs> what the hell? There's some new guy that Travis is with Ophelia. <laughs> right, 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 right. Madison's with Strand. Oh my goodness. Nick's with his sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All bets are off in the zombie. Mm-hmm. Okay, Melissa, number one. Well, you know, it's basically well, it's basically what we just said. Um, I really liked the way they ended it in the fact that, again, I'm kind of touching on this, but in the beginning of the show last season, you know, it's just where are they going to go with these characters? And they really have done a great job creating a, a more dynamic group of people that I personally feel invested in, whether it be good or bad, as far as where the character has evolved. But I was just really happy with the ending of it and, and all the different arcs and and... You know, the surprise of Nick not going with his mom and sister. I mean, that was, it was just, it was kind of strange. And then Travis staying with Chris and Chris is now crazy. Is Daniel alive? You know, I mean, all these, I just thought it was really well done. And um, that's my number one. Good cliffhanger, huh? Yeah. It was a good cliffhanger. And, and it, you know, it's it just good because you good care episode. about the questions. You're you're actually wondering about the questions now. Right. And, and I don't know, just compared to season one, um, and I, you know, I'm, as I've made very clear, I'm pretty easy, easily entertained. But this was just, it's just, it moved and it morphed into something really cool. So I think, uh, I think they did a very good job with this first step. <laughs> it's very two. nice. <laughs> very nice. I don't want to be. They're at an interesting place because up until now, the story has been driven by Strand basically trying to get to his lover thomas even though we didn't know that at first mm-hmm. yeah and now they got there and they encountered this crazy person celia and and you know chaos ensued and they're all sort of fractured psyches or a lot of them anyway madison's actually more solid and more of a leader but anyway so where do we go from here there's no antagonist they're all their own worst enemies so i right. wonder if next episode there'll be some other catalyst for drama or will it just continue to be them you know battling with their own demons or some combination of both yeah i mean they left it in a good yeah they left it in a good place a nice open place where um 
as I'm sure the creatives that be that are making it and writing it are uh, probably having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, or, or already, I'm sorry, it's probably it's already being filmed or it's filming right now. But I, I just think, uh, yeah, my number one would be that I think uh, Bravo. I think they did a good job. <laughs> I think I think Dave Erickson is really just thinking about death a lot. The showrunner guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing a zombie show, so let's just explore death, which it's got to, I would think it would maybe take its toll, but I don't know, maybe it would be fun. I I could see it going either way, actually. Right. Okay, well, my, uh, it's not my turn, is it? Is it my turn? (laughs) No, it's Duncan's. (laughs) Duncan's (laughs) He's just so eager. You can go if you want to. We don't have to go in turn. Just just cut me out of the entire entire podcast again. (laughs) Just, you know, mute me. It's it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I have your track turned off. (laughs) Um, My number one, as usual, um, is Nick, who's my favorite character on the show. And I just, you know, I'm intrigued by him. He's mega badass, dude. He's got a system. He's untouchable. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, he's the true G of the ZA, you know? <laughs> he is, but he left. But he left his mom. Yeah. He, he left his sister. That made me feel a little sad. That was like the only moment where I was like, oh, man. Well, Nick. you know, he just realized they're total fucking scumbags. So <laughs> I were really seeing. He, he seemed really. Um, well, I wouldn't say together, but he seemed less trouble, less of a, a troubled figure than he was in the first season until this episode where I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, he's seeming much more like a flawed addict now. I mean, yes. it, you can, you could say it's not too smart maybe to go and do those missions for strand, but this episode it's clear. Uh, he, he was clinging to uh, Celia because he needs something to cling to. And that's part of his addict nature. At least that's what strand said. He said, you take a vulnerable kid an addict, drop him into a bunch of mess and doubt won't be long before he starts looking for something to cling to, which I'm sure is what strand was counting on when he hooked. Yeah. Up when he grabbed him in the, him in the first, first place. place. Yeah. yeah. So we see that playing out with Nick. He's vulnerable and impressionable and totally just, latched on yeah, various to, people can imprint on Celia, him yeah yeah i just wouldn't picture celia being the one that would because she's i would i would have thought he would have thought she was a little like okay yeah, not sure cookie. if this chick is all there so i don't know yeah that was my that was probably my only like uh, yeah <laughs> no it's same yeah. here i think he's awesome i just didn't buy how he would be so easily um how he would buy into that so easily Mm-hmm. But uh, I just love his mo. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, just going straight, straight uh, blood style. Um, Twice, cut, oh, yeah. all red, red and yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, he's like, oh, you need something done? Yeah, I got this. Yeah. I'm just douse myself in he's guts. All he's starting just, to paint himself. No, no, we just right needed through, someone to, you know, pick pull the weeds. Oh, it's cool. I can. I got it. <laughs> he's like, I'll be safer this way. <laughs> Um, yeah, like he, he, I, there's one thing that I thought maybe is a little incongruent. If he believes that the now believes that the zombies are human, then how does that square with pulling out their guts and rubbing them all over you all the time? Yeah, <laughs> good question. <that's> true. <laughs> well, maybe he just does that to the dead ones, the ones that are like really dead, Inanimate, that are yeah. really yeah. dead, dead. Well, yeah. There, was, I don't know. I liked his conversation with his mom there, where she's like, "You know, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you like?" What? Why are you helping her? You know, and he's like, she's. Like, I just can't relate. He's like, you can relate. She wanted her son back. You know, like obviously right. you should understand that, considering I'm your son. You know, 
That's true. Well, and she fought so hard to, you know, save his ass, yeah. you know, when he was in the throes of addiction, so... And I just thought that was like a kind of a powerful um, conversation between the two of them. He's like, you know, I I do it for you. He's just out there trying to help people, trying to use mm-hmm. his talent for the good. Right. And, um, but it is you do sort too. of wonder, yeah, like we've we've been talking about this for weeks now about how it also feeds his addiction and because oh, yeah. of adrenaline. So when does that become? A problem. A problem. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, personally, he's saying, "I move among them, Mom, invisible. I, I will not die." And uh, I'm like, "Well, he is he being foolish and thinking he's charmed, or does he just understand that when you put guts all over yourself, they don't mess with you?" You know, I mean, I think that's reasonable. He's seen yeah. that it works. I think he <laughs> poorly articulated that he figured out the trick. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was well, like, I'm untouchable, you know, like nothing can kill me. But what he really was saying was, look, put guts on yourself and you can yeah, walk right they through. won't notice you. Yeah, I think he is a little cocky. He's a little too cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well, looking forward to see kid. what, what results from that. I don't know. Nick's awesome. I love that yeah, character. I do too. I mean, and I always I love characters who are flawed too. I don't want to see. Yeah, definitely. People, but he's great. And there, and you know, one thing that sold me on him following Celia was just the chemistry between the two. Mm-hmm. That was really good. He can just get along with anybody, you know? Yeah. He's just a, a real, uh, you know, people person. <laughs> I was trying to get him for to interview, and I can't find any information on his publicist. They don't have it on IMDb, so really? I don't oh. know how to reach out to him. Just be like, "What's it like to be Stannis Baratheon's son?" <laughs> I'm sure he's, <laughs> been he's like, "Come on, man! Like, let's talk about times. my show, please, for once." Yeah, like, that's great. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right, so it's my turn, and my number one was Daniel, which we've totally covered, I would say, and my backup was Chris. We covered that, and then also Nick. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of covered that. Kind of out of stuff, but uh, I had a few, like, random notes. I think the dialogue is good on this show. I think it's well-written. One one line that made me think that was when Celia was mad at Strand – but still uh, finally saying, okay, fine, you can bury Thomas. She said, now Thomas can get everything you have to offer, an empty hole, some dirt. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I got yeah, it. I didn't even intense. catch that. Damn. Good burn. An empty hole. Ugh. Wait a minute. Am I the only one thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know when she meant that. Freudian. Well, I'm just saying, because, I mean, if he was... Uh, mm. uh, okay. Some dirt. <laughs> I was thinking of birthing babies and, and uh, never mind. All right. We lost I'm the award stop. again. No, <laughs> Butt babies. So, uh, in the credits, <laughs> I see the actor who plays Chris is now going by Lorenzo James Henry, which is more of a psycho killer name because there's three names yeah he's got the triple mm-hmm. i wonder triple if that was play. on purpose i you would think that travis would at least say gracias when he's in there gracias. oh my god i thought of that too i was like yeah Dude, i thought the same Latina. thing you live in la you don't know how to say gracias yeah. I mean, everybody no knows how to say word. that yeah exactly that was he did at the end or when he gave him the shoes i think he said you know gracias but i it was just like yeah he did <sighs> You have to speak a some little, Spanish. Like, dude hands I'm you sorry. agua, you say gracias. Not thank you. 
Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how about that, though, when he chased down Chris? Oh, and I just got to throw back to season one. I remember at one point I'd said that I thought Chris runs weird. Um, I still I stand by that statement. <laughs> You're still sticking with it. Yeah, but I thought uh, it was an awesome tackle when uh, <laughs> Travis caught up to him and just freaking oh, yeah. laid him out. Yeah, that was good. That was tried to stab his own dad. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. I who hasn't wanted to stab his own dad? But. Mm, yeah, took yeah. the knife out of his dad's pocket, and then finally, uh, I thought it was interesting that Travis just ran off without his shoes and totally messed up his feet. I, yeah, that was but, a yeah. confused about that. Daniel, it took me a minute there to figure that out. I was like, "What? The, it's what the, happened to his feet? He was just fine a minute ago." Die hard. It was funny too because in that uh, that dream that Daniel had, where he uh, grabbed Ophelia and they were going to probably burn up the walkers and run out of there, he told her to grab her shoes. Yeah, because he knows Remember what's that? up. Yeah, he he's but, even though he's crazy and flipping out, he's he knows the logistics better. He's been in, in yeah. situations like that enough to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas Travis, you know, he doesn't speak the fucking language. He doesn't know the terrain. <laughs> right, he's right. fucked in Mexico. He's fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment when he he just had made the decision not to go back, I thought, well, he's he's being a good father to his son, and also he's been having trouble with um, Madison for a while, so mm-hmm. maybe he feels there's a rift there anyway. Right. Yeah. It was intense. He just needs some space. Yeah, that was a really intense moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, I didn't find him. You didn't find me. Just go back. Get out of here. Scram. Yeah. Scram. And Scram. and you could tell like Nick played that really well too. It's like interacting with your mom's boyfriend as your yeah. mom's boyfriend is like okay. blowing off your mom and you're like, Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> right. Like he gave him this look right before he walked off where I just thought he nailed it. He's like, I now I'm gonna have to tell him I failed. And I was so sh- sure I could get you back. Right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Oh no, not that's on my good, end. Right? Oh, the return of Mexican Jack Black, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Lewis. Lewis, right? I was pumped to see Lewis. Yeah, how yeah. how'd he go get him though? Come on. There's no way he would have so far <laughs> away. I was a little bit like, really? I know that Nick is good, but come on. Did he die yeah. on the oh wait, did he die on the boat? He did yeah. die on the boat. So maybe he was just argh, roaming around the boat. <laughs> Clunking around on the deck. Yeah, I just kind of feel like he would have fallen. Over. I don't know. Whatever. I'll, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much covers my notes. All right, that's it. We'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. I see you at night. You are so delicate. My love is like the nectar From a fruit which is forbidden And in my heart is hidden The muscles of my love Alright, we're back. It's time to talk about our sponsor. That is Texture. One way to think about what texture is, is imagine you're at a grocery store and you're looking at a magazine rack filled with magazines, those big ones that they used to have, not the tiny ones that are there now. (laughs) And now that whole rack plus like five or 10 more racks are all on your iPad. 
Yay. Yay. You win. What? <laughs> you win. Oh, not only all those racks, but all those racks from previous months, previous yeah. years, all the back catalog of right. all those racks. Are all just in your hand and it's like less than a pound. So the Texture oh. app, in case you didn't know, it lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime using your smartphone or tablet. There's hundreds of them on there, including back issues, as Duncan just said. And you can pick the articles that interest you the most. You don't have to read through the whole magazine if you don't want to. To find them, you can search. There's tons of magazines on there. Here's a few that I like. Esquire, Sports Illustrated, Men's Health, Wired, Macworld, Rolling Stone, and The New Yorker. And The Atlantic just came on there. It wasn't before. I read this like 20 page small fonts almost no picture article all about obama's foreign policy and <gasps> it was really interesting it was oh, sorry. it wasn't um it wasn't it didn't seem that biased to me it tried to be uh just try to figure out you know be more informative it was critical, but it was explanatory. I don't know. You might you might find it interesting, Duncan. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure I'd find it interesting on some level. <laughs> yeah, on some level. <laughs> there was another article I just saw pop up that in the Atlantic's that's called "A Psychologist's Analysis of Donald Trump's Mind." So I want to read that. Oh one. God! <laughs> you can look through all the magazines that you like. Or the editorial team from Texture also recommends content every day in different categories like top 10 reads, news and politics, entertainment, or they have sometimes articles grouped together. Like I saw there were six stories in anti-aging secrets. There were eight under space saving solutions, five in cocktail hour, just different areas of interest like that. And there are individual stories that Texture thinks you'll like pick from various magazines that you might not normally have dipped into. So it's really easy to find the content that you care about. It's easy to search all the magazines, including back issues for any topic you want. And you can save any of those articles or you can save whole magazines on your iPod for reading for later. I mean, your iPad or your phone or tablet. iPod. Or <laughs> <laughs> iPod. Like, I've heard of those. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that Texture's offering you guys a free trial right now. So you can try this out and it's really fun. And I think even if you don't intend on continuing on with it, you should just check it out for this free trial. If you go to texture.com slash deadcast, you can try that out. You get immediate entry to all these magazines and the back issues and they have bonus video content, stuff like that. So start binge reading for free right now when you go to texture.com slash deadcast. Sweet. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. All right, first, game of microphones next week. I'm going to be taking over as host to give mr blog a break and i'm really stoked because game of thrones is awesome this year <laughs> oh my god it's good right you i know you didn't see this week's oh yet god, Melissa, i know but i'm you, so behind but you're watching it right i mean i know you are what do you think Who, me yeah oh my god yes yeah i'm we, gonna try to watch it tonight but i yeah i it's so yeah, it's really it's been good. so good so that episode next week jenny and doug and i will be doing it and then after that it's fear the walking dead team because it's going to be me and you guys Sweet. yeah yeah and that's gonna be fun taking over the thrones yeah that's right so ch 
check it out, you guys. Game of Microphones. Next, Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, creator of Walking Dead, has another show coming to AMC. It's a documentary-style series called Heroes and Villains, The History of Comic Books. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It has six one-hour episodes and... On comicbook.com, they say the six one hour documentary series will explore the stories, people, and events that have transformed the world of comic books. Using a distinctive filmmaker approach, the series takes a deep dive into the most accessible and often subversive modern popular art form from origin stories to the untold history behind iconic characters. Heroes and Villains will explore a wide range of topics, including pop culture, politics, race, gender, and sexuality. So that, that'll cool. be cool, man. I love comics. Yeah. What's it on? What's your yeah. channel? AMC. AMC, of course. Yeah. All right. And it's cool. coming out in 2017. <laughs> of course, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, his other show, Outcast, is actually on Cinemax. Oh, it's all right. a demon show. Oh, like I didn't realize that. Exorcist. And I watched Outcast because they. It's not premiering until June 3rd on Cinemax, but the first episode they put out online, so anybody can watch it now. And uh, I didn't like it. No. Not really. It was pretty. I thought it was cliched, and I don't know. I'd seen The Exorcist recently, so I can't win them all, you know. I don't know. I'll be curious to know what you guys think. I also watched Preacher. Did either of you watch that? No. Oh no, no I didn't. Didn't yet. get to watch it. How was it? Awesome. It's it's they've crammed so much stuff in there. It's kind of hard to keep up with, but it's really it's got this fun vibe, and it's pretty violent. I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting burn out on all the violence but uh i think it's pretty great it looks like it's going to be really good hodor (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm looking forward to it uh, there was a lot of good tv on last night and outcast so (laughs) 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 hollywoodreporter.com had an article called anc ceo outlines rules for managing walking dead franchise uh, during a conference, an analyst asked AMC CEO Josh Sapan how AMC makes sure audience don't burn out on The Walking Dead, a show that's very important to the company's bottom line. Sapan said his rules for franchise management are, quote, never exhaust your welcome, never compromise creative storytelling and character, don't underfund it, don't ever think people don't think an awful lot about it. He said AMC has franchise consultants and soon a staff person and about Fear the Walking Dead. He said it was done extremely well and the audience rewarded us with their attention. It respects your time. If you're really deep in the vortex, you're extremely sensitive to how things are portrayed or potentially violated. I'm not sure what that last sentence meant, but um, I know. Wow. Lots of big uh, words, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's going off on some tangent. Maybe he his acid kicked in at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, uh, that's nice. I mean, you, you really, they keep saying they want Walking Dead to go on forever, and I'm sure it could overstay its welcome at some point. That's right. what I would think, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but at least he's saying the right things. Yeah. He's like, uh, don't overstay your welcome. It's like, fear the Walking Dead, Walking Dead, Walking Dead video games, Walking, walking Dead books, Walking Dead, dead amusement books. park, yeah, walking, walking Dead walking everything. 
and then there was an interview with Dave Erickson, showrunner of Fear the Walking Dead on Yahoo.com. They said, Chris is also having a major meltdown. Is this the accumulation of his mother's death and the fact that he hasn't had time to stop and deal with anything going back to the apocalypse beginning in L.A.? He says, I think that's what it is. I say this all the time, but I feel like all of the character trajectories really do start with who they were before the apocalypse began. With Chris, he's a child of divorce. He has anger towards his father. He'd been moved to a new school and was alienated with no friends. He's a kid who doesn't really have a place. You take that kid and you put him in the apocalypse and you have his mother killed and at the hand of his own father. A lot of our characters behave in ways where I think there are certain people who say, well, just snap too. Why don't you get this? It's a zombie apocalypse. This is what it is. We really push back against that because I think for the majority of our characters, really with Daniel being one of the few exceptions, it's really them trying to process the end of the world. For Chris, it starts with he's very much devastated by the loss of his mother. And then he finds some degree of solace and catharsis when he kills the dead for the first time in episode two. Then he kills more in episode three, but he's also put in the position where it's a mercy kill. But I think his having to put down one of the living, it's traumatic. Mm. And I think it changes him as well. That builds up to his confrontation with Reed. <clears throat> I think the thing that Reed, with Reed that's specific and interesting is that Reed's the kind of person who back in episode five, he, he can see people's weaknesses. He's a bully and he's somebody who is really born for the apocalypse. Mm. He rides Chris in episode four, continues to push his buttons and essentially, it's the first time Chris kills when he's going to try to rationalize it subsequently. He's going to say, he was going to turn. I had to do it. But the truth is, he didn't. The truth is, Reed was, for lack of a better word, evil. He was somebody who was very ugly and violent and was thriving in this world. And Chris finally shut him up because the idea was that off camera, Reed started asking questions about his mom and Chris snapped. So it's all these things. And by the time we get to six and seven, he's a kid with no family. Everyone's looking at him with doubt, derision, if not hatred. And his father's trying to find a way to put a handle on this and make it all better. But he can't. I think Chris ultimately and finally overwhelmed and he runs when he, he skips over the part where he goes into a Maddie and Alicia's room with a knife. But what he says to Travis <laughs> after Travis finally catches up with him, he wants to be alone. He's not even saying, let me die. He's just saying, let me go. I'm broken. There's something fundamentally wrong that I don't understand. And I know it's scaring other people, but it's also scaring me. I think it's the vulnerability in that and the desperation in that that finally puts Travis in a place where he realized I have to take care of my son. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix him, but I'm going to try. So there's his explanation about all that. That was good. Wow. Yeah, that was very in depth. Yeah, he <laughs> this guy he he really likes to. If you will go and read interviews by Dave Erickson, you'll get a real understanding of what he's trying to get across. But that should hopefully come across in the show, which I think it mostly does. But it's nice to get some color on it, I guess. Uh, then here's the part that's a little bit spoilery about Daniel. So um, just a little, but if you don't want to have any clues about where he is then you might not want to hear this next part so you could skip to the next section so here we go we don't really know exactly where daniel is when the episode ends do we he says well here's what's key here's what's important the characters on the show have seen this fire and they know where daniel was before the fire broke out so they definitely believe he's dead specifically for ophelia she's going to have an interesting turn in the back half as a woman who was essentially trapped for a big chunk of her life because she took care of her parents and sacrificed a lot of her own life in order to do that from my perspective we didn't see daniel burn for a reason daniel salazar's story is done for the season but my hope is we will see him return in season three mm -hmm. 
And then they say, so we will not see him again in season two. No one should hold their breath to see Daniel in the back half of season two. Ruben's amazing. The character's amazing. And this is, I think, from the story perspective, it's going to do good things for us. And then the hope is that when we get to season three, we can find a way to return him to the fold. Wow. So wow. you can ask him anything and he'll just tell you. Like if he, if he was the show owner of Walking Dead, you'd just be like, who did Negan, Negan kill? <laughs> who, did Negan? Yeah, who, who did Negan kill? Oh, it was uh, Michonne. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. That's funny, man. He'll tell you anything. <laughs> I know. It's like his publicist is like, hey, Dave, X name. All right. That's it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Um, Melissa? Love this part. Shall, shall I begin? Please do. Pake? Pake? Mm-hmm. Pake? Pake. Pake. <laughs> Pake <laughs> Allen says, once Chris threatened the life of a young child, he's crossed a line to me. Is there any way he comes back from that, or is he destined to lose his mind and then life? And Madison should have fought a lot harder before just accepting the idea of leaving without Travis or Nick. Yeah, we, yeah. She and Nick argue and clash enough that she would have argued with him a lot harder about him staying behind with a bunch of people who want him dead. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Brad Holt says, yeah, this show just started showing the depth we've been waiting for. Great mid-season finale, family splintered, Celia dead, Daniel dead, excited now for August. <laughs> you should do some uh, movie movie trailer Trailers. voiceover. In a world. There you go. In a world where zombies eat your soul. <laughs> Sue Ellen Smith. Wear diapers. <laughs> Sue Ellen Smith says, I'm loving the different culture and setting in Mexico. It has an Isabel Allende otherworldly feel about it. I don't, yeah. I've never re- read her, but I like oh, that otherworldly feel. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's good. Larry Blake says, Anticlimactic. My mind drifted around. Reminded me of the strange episodes of Miami Vice late <laughs> in the series that seemed like finding a book in a dumpster with chapters missing. Yes, oh. I was at that much of a loss of something to compare it to. That's funny, though, because I do remember the later, like the last season of Miami Vice was definitely like, it kind of lost. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Let's just leave it at that. It was um, like, what? I, I didn't, I don't think I lasted that long, but uh, I love that description. I did. I never I saw it, but I imagine that some people feel that way about later seasons of Lost. And earlier seasons. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and mid-seasons. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's one, I guess, one way to look at it. For the but record, yes, I love I like Lost. It. Yeah. I love it and hate it. <laughs> Lynn Corso Malinowski says, Loved the episode, but I wish our survivors could see the value of the property, even with the main structures burnt down, and clear it like the prison. There's nothing like having walls and farmland. Yeah, I know. Good point. And with all that ash from all the burning, that's, you know, that's good fertilization material there. That's right. Keith Bitely says, sadly, I find myself disappointed, mainly because it seems like the writers have decided to make half the cast crazy and incapable of making any rational decisions. (laughs) This whole episode needed to be filed under the Department of Suspension of Disbelief. Mm. Why do people always want everybody to be? A badass. I want to see people just lose their minds and <laughs> lose their shit. Exactly yeah, lose realistic their shit and, to lose your shit. Yeah, and go like be scared out of their minds and do stupid, stupid stuff. Shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> but teach their own. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like you want to see that, but at the same time you're frustrated by it because yeah, like, you exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I get it. I get it. I'm just so playing. Funny. All right, this is Jessica Rhodes. This is so good. I think when Celia said apocalypse, that was the first time they've ever used the word in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Also, guess I was wrong. Chris did go batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jessica. Shannon Bullens says... I find it hard to believe three members of the same small group can go completely batshit crazy all at once. Wait, let me look around at my coworkers. Nope, never mind. It is entirely mm. possible. Yeah, we were just talking about that. <laughs> Kill him. P.S. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead cast does not condone any acts of violence. Take the gun, P.S. Take the gun. Madison and Travis are not married. In the first season, the military shows up and is interviewing Travis in the front yard. The first question was, sir, is this your home? He replied, no, it's my girlfriend's. Oh, it's his girlfriend? Yeah. Chris Plunkett says... So he doesn't have to go back with Chris, basically. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? With Chris? Yeah, he doesn't have to go back to Madison. Cause to Madison, yeah just, yeah. just a girlfriend. Just his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Plunkett says, left confused and figuring out how I'm going to fit Preacher and Game of Thrones in and get a solid night's sleep. Yeah, I'd say if you watch that shit, you're not going to sleep very well, but it's well I worth know. it. <laughs> Uh, Alicia Goetzes Stout, Goetzes Goetzes Stout. Anyways, um, oh, <laughs> and are oh, and are you guys going to do a podcast for Preacher? Because that show confuses me. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Lol. No, but if I had more time, I would. And I was confused too, until I got to the end, and I felt like I had a handle on it. They were just introducing a lot of characters without much context but i don't think you're supposed to know much more than what you saw and over time you'll know more so i feel like they were purposefully just not really explaining much but i don't know i'll be interested to know what you guys think if you end up watching it i know i need Mm -hmm. to see it yeah yeah it looks intriguing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm in i'm in Mo Favo says, Nick's old man jacket finally found the right home and function. Restraining Lewis and infected. May we never see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Man, I love that jacket. I know. (laughs) Rest in peace, jacket. Geriatric chic, baby. (laughs) It's in. It's the new style. And Michael Koskus says, why does everything have to go up in flames? All, every time. Yep. That's going to be the last episode of... Walking Dead, the world in flames. Yes. <laughs> Just the whole planet is burning. burning. All right. Now it's time for some calls. Fire. <laughs> fire, fire. This is Lauren from Sacramento. First, I really want to start this call off. And I'm sorry for doing it. But Melissa, I I really love and enjoy your work. And uh, I, right. I really appreciate all you put into it. You, you've made Aww. me laugh. You've made me cry like some serious healthy full tears of sad Aww. emotion I, I just want to thank you especially Aww. as clementine but uh one that thing i did sweet. notice about the episode is that once they got to the villa with all the walls right and uh all the food and the wine is that that's a place that rick grimes would really love to just come on in take it over 
Get everybody <laughs> killed and then destroy the villa in some magnificent Walking Dead finale fashion. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for him to show up and get and, and get his job done. Oh hell yeah. I guess that was that's awesome. It. That was so nice. That Lauren, was so sweet. That made me feel. You don't so have good. to apologize for yeah for the for you know the Melly Hutch love. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Thank you. He, I like uh, Lauren. I hope you call in more because I love all your calls. And that was from before last night's episode. He called in, so they didn't need a Rick Grimes. Apparently, he just shows <laughs> up. They had Daniel Walkers in the wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've dealt with this before. <laughs> All right, here is Lucy from Scotland. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. Hey, Jason, Duncan, Melissa, how are you doing? Um, I just watched the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. Totally late to the party as ever. Thank you, UK Airtimes. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, I have a lot of feelings. I think that for all that we say that it's like the main series, like The Walking Dead, that episode had a really different feel to it. It was something super creepy and this yeah. kind of intense, growing madness that, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was really unique. It was really unique. Um, it was. I'm possibly not Team Chris anymore, I think. <laughs> maybe maybe egg in the wrong basket there. Um, get the feeling he might be going to... How should we say, look at the cacti before <laughs> the next season is out. Um, very impressed with Madison. She is ruthless. And I like the Strand and Madison understanding that they've come to together. That's that's really cool. Um, the opening shot was amazing, just with Nick looking out and the credits coming up over his face at the window. That was proper horror movie stuff. I loved it. Um, yeah, mainly I'm just sad that this means the podcast is going to be over for a little bit, but um, it's been so much fun listening to you guys, um, and I can't wait to hear more when we come back. Okay, Yay. see you later. I need to study your accent. <laughs> yes, we need more calls from Scotland, Lucy. And Seriously. Hint, hint. Thanks, Lucy. Good stuff. And Thanks. finally, we have this anonymous call that got cut off and that I liked a lot. All right, they did it. Fear the Walking Dead is great now. Um, they made Fear the Walking great. This is great. I love The Walking Dead. I was like, ah, man, Fear the Walking Dead. What is this? And, uh, you know, the first season, okay, I gave it a chance. Didn't do much for me uh, so far this season. Yeah, you know, I really like, uh, ah, what's his freaking name? I should know the names by now. Cause this He's is like my me. Job. I, I need to. This is, I need to research. I need to do homework. I need to know names. I don't know the names. But the guy with the slick back hair that's cool. Like exactly Nick. who I've always wanted to have the character on this, uh, you know, in, in this universe. Um, he's who I, I cover myself in blood all the time. Hell yeah, that's how you get, that's how you stay alive. Anyways, um, this show <laughs> is now great. It is something that, that you know, this is when they got there, and you see, um, man, the wafers to kill people. What is with her? She is in, like, uh, oh, I'm that's it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That was so good. I know. He's, a, he's like a, a, a distant relative of, or not so distant relative of mine with the whole name thing. I'm like, you know, the guy. The dad, the mom. The slick back hair that's cool. Yeah, I know. I like that. <laughs> call back again, sir. Yeah, call back and, and leave a full message this time. Yeah, call back anonymous dude. <laughs> 
All right, that's it for all your stuffs. Let's move on to next week on Fear the Walking Dead, which isn't next week. Next time on Fear the Walking Dead. Next time, it's season two, episode eight. <laughs> Did you? That's, I don't know. I can't find a title anymore. It. Crack your knuckles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's coming back. August 21st, which was just announced uh, within the past day well, or that's two. That's like three months. So. Not... That's a long time. <laughs> I feel like Jason was going to say that. I was going to say it wasn't Sorry. so long. like, that's so long. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Because we have, I guess I'm feeling like I've got a shitload of podcasts to do with Game of Thrones. And so maybe that's why it doesn't, it seems longer to me. Mm, that's true that's true (laughs) but no i mean i i can't wait to see what happens so i would love it if it was just on again next week yeah we got some uh some cliffhangers this time with different characters i'm looking forward to see where that scene where that all ends Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. like what mostly with nick like what the the fuck is that dude doing yeah what's he gonna do he's gonna walk around for 10 minutes and get bored and go oh crap yeah like oh shit i got i should have gotten in the truck (laughs) (laughs) this sucks yeah because he's not yeah dude whatever like i'm hungry i think he'll probably find uh travis maybe he'll i don't know who knows yeah maybe you're right huh maybe he'll go back to travis or daniel if he's still alive right yeah we'll we'll see we'll see all right. Well, we'll see you guys. You fear the Walking Dead fan. I wonder. There, I bet you there's got to be at least like two or three fear the Walking Dead fans who aren't who haven't watched Walking Dead and who are listening to us mm. right now. Oh wow, that's so. If you weird. are one of those, let us let know. Let us know. You're you're fucking a, weird a, a and let us know. Creature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just messing around. That's pretty cool. That that's awesome to be in that position because that means that you still have the Walking so Dead to look to forward go. to. Yeah. Exactly. Which is cool. I've never seen The Sopranos. Cool. People think I'm crazy for that. Yeah, I've seen like never. two or three episodes. So I'm saving it. Yep. I you know who else hasn't seen it? I think unless he's seen it since since uh, I talked to him about it last is Aaron and Jim from oh. Bald Move. I think that's a travesty. Those guys cover all these great TV shows. I think they should do a Sopranos podcast. In fact, I think I should do it with them. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I'd love that show. Maybe I should talk to them about that. But then again, who has the time? That's a really cool idea. It would no, be just cool. Add another podcast what I, to your list. Yeah. Yeah. What mm-hmm. I saw of that show, I really enjoyed. So Me, uh, that's one of my favorite looking shows. Looking forward to it. Of all yeah, time. Yeah, it's, li- it's on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. Yep. All right, that's our show, episode 221. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, as usual. Gracias. <laughs> if you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at walkingdeadcast.com. And please check out our other podcasts on our network at podcastica.com. And uh, coming up Saturday, June 5th is Walking Dead cast annual wrap up crossover with the Talking Dead guys. Guys, Chris and Jason from the Talking Dead podcast. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So look forward to that. So we're covering Walking Dead season six. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Game of Microphones starting next week. I'll be hosting that. And the week after that, all three of us will be on there together. So that'll be cool. Also, wanna, And I'll be doing book reader sections. That's too. right. Yeah. 
And I want to thank our sponsor, Texture. If you go to texture.com slash deadcast right now, you can try it out for free. All right, that's our show. Yay. Thank you. That's not my line. I, wanna... I was expecting you to say more for some strange reason. Go off the beaten path. I don't know. <laughs> no se deje mordido, Larry Blake. Crazy witch lady with the owls is, you know, resurrecting motherfuckers are all around here. It's not cool, dude.